How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Eucalypt Speed Test Intelligence Data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Welcome back. Sports Radio 94 WIP. Joe Giglio with you. Tucker Bagley's behind the glass. You guys with us. 215-592-9494. That's how you hop in. We'll get to everyone's calls here on the Odell Beckham Jr. Eagles rumors. I don't want them. I want no part of Odell. Tucker's mind's at least open to the idea. And all the Phillies takes out there. I love that everyone's so excited. The last time I remember the people being this excited to talk hot stove kind of stuff was probably the Bryce Harper pursuit that year. Like, I don't think we, you know, we like, I, we talk about it because I like this stuff and we'd mentioned rumors, but like you guys wanting to give your opinion on what the Phillies should or already doing. It's been a while. Like the um, Castellanos and Schwarber thing happened so fast last year after the lockout. It wasn't like, it wasn't much. It just happened fast. And then we were like, oh, wow. Uh, but it's been a while. People are excited about this trade term and just the Phillies spending and the fact that last year may not be a fluke here. People are really excited, and I am too. So we'll get back to all that one hour from now. Kyle Newbeck is also going to join us, one of our favorite Sixers guests, writer for Philly's Voice, uh, Philly Voice, and now uh, part of the new Sixers podcast, Clap Your Hands, along with Elliot Shore Parks. Uh, so Kyle will join us one hour from now. Before we get to all that, though, you know what time it is. It's 8 o'clock on a Wednesday. It's a Wingo Wednesday. Our guy, Trey Wingo, about to join us here, Tucker. Is he a part of the new Sixers podcast as well? Um. I mean, I suppose he could be. I, I full disclosure, and I'll, I'll say this, and I'll, we could tell Kyle. I haven't listened to the first episode yet. Have you? I have not. Okay, so we're all being honest with each other. So I think Trey Wingo could be a part of that. It would be strange though for no one to announce that. Us to. Well, I mean, we guys. I guess we could. I would think if Trey Wingo's a part of the podcast, he'd mention it to us in the next ten minutes or so. I think it would be good to to put it to you know put it out there. But anyway, on the line with us right now is the one and only Trey Wingo, who was brought to us today. By Caesars Sportsbook, your first bet is on Caesars. Bet up to $1,250, and if you don't win, you get it back as a free bet. Terms and conditions apply. Must be 21+. plus. Let's talk to Trey here. And joining us, as always, on Wednesday evening, Trey Wingo to talk some football after another win by the Philadelphia Eagles. Trey, 11-1 now, and it's... It's pretty remarkable watching this team this year because, you know, two weeks ago they run for 357 on the Packers. And this past week they really didn't run the ball that well against the Titans. But Jalen Hurts throws it for over 370 yards and they route them. The, Trey, the balance of this Eagles offense, it's, uh, it's as impressive as any in the NFL. Joe, you're 100% right. Bill Belichick's favorite phrase is we can beat teams a lot of different ways. And what you just said sums up the problem for someone facing Philadelphia. They can beat you a bunch of different ways. They literally ran it for almost 300 yards less this week against the Titans than they did against the Packers, and they still win by 25. And let's throw this one in here about Jalen Hurts, okay? He had 157 of those rushing yards 
against the Packers, and he threw for 380 against the Titans. No player in the history of the NFL before Jalen Hurts has ever had a 150-yard rushing game and a 300-yard passing game in the same season, and he did it in back-to-back weeks. He is firmly ensconced in the MVP discussion right now. Yeah, Trey, he is. I, I, and I, if I had a vote today, I would, I would put him one after this past week. And, and I, I'm running out of superlatives for Jalen Hurts in this season. We're watching here. But, but Trey, one thing I, I know that is impressing me on a week-to-week basis with him in this offense is he pushes the ball down the field. They make big plays in the yep. passing game, yet he only has three interceptions. And I was going through it last night on the show. You know, sometimes interception numbers could be fluky, right? You, 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 you throw it well sure. and you get a couple picks. You, you make a couple mistakes, and the defense actually drops. It doesn't make you pay. But I can't think of more than, I don't know, five or six you know passes that have left his hand this year where I said, uh-oh. Like, it's almost like it's barely once a game where he throws one in harm's way. That That is rare. Yeah, look, I mean, but that sort of sums up the Eagles' entire season, right? Outside of the game against the Commanders, where they had a massive case of fumbleitis, that's sort of been their, their key to success all year. They just don't turn it over. I mean, the, the turnover differential for the Eagles and just their total turnover number are staggering, and, and that's a big part of their success. And obviously Jalen not tossing it up is a part of that. But that, that goes to the entire organization and what an amazing job they're doing in preaching ball security and not giving it away. Trey, one of the reasons, uh, and it, there's a lot, but one of the reasons Jalen Hurts improved, I think, so much this year from last year is the addition of A.J. Brown to this receiving core, and he had a big game Sunday against his ex-team. Um, he really is a tremendous wide receiver. Trey, when you watch him, are you reminded of anyone? I mean, I, I kind of see some Anquan Bolden in him. There's not many receivers that are as big as A.J. Brown, like just physically imposing and yet can run like he runs. Well, yeah, I mean, you, you go look at his that college uh, photo he took with his teammate D.K. Metcalf when they were both at Ole Miss and they were just jacked. You're 100% right. I think Bolton's a really good comp. Uh, and even Larry Fitzgerald to some degree, because Larry is a big, strong receiver and would just not get out-muscled for the ball. And uh, obviously, A.J. said after the game that one meant something to him. And look what the Titans have done since. After that game, they fired their general manager, John Robinson. So, uh, you know, obviously a lot of repercussions from that deal that clearly hasn't worked out. The Titans still don't have a single receiver that has 400 receiving yards on the season. They're the only NFL team that does it. And on Sunday against the Titans, it was A.J. Brown becoming the first Eagles 1,000-yard wide receiver since Jeremy Macklin in 2014. That had to make him feel really good. We're talking to Trey Wingo here as uh, we look at the Eagles 11-1. and We'll get to the game against the Giants coming up on Sunday. Trey, the state of the NFC changed a little bit here um, on Sunday with the Jimmy Garoppolo injury. There's some uncertainty of how serious, but it, it sounds like a pretty big long shot for him to get back this season, whether it be you know any time in the playoffs here. How much does this change the NFC for you and, and the teams that could compete with the Eagles? Because I feared the Niners, and, and we'll see what Brock Purdy does, but it's really hard for me to believe they could, they could get to the Super Bowl with a, you know, their third quarterback now. Well, you're right. Um, and Brock was amazing in that game against Miami. He became the first ever Mr. Irrelevant to throw a touchdown pass in the NFL. First, last draft pick ever to do that. But as you know, Joe, from watching football, it's one thing when a guy comes in off the bench and the team has no film on him, no idea who he is and how he's going to perform. Well, now Brock has to deal with the idea of people looking at him and game planning. And it happens all the time. You see a kid come off the bench and, wow, he's really good because the defense does not know what to expect, what his tendencies are, what his strengths are, what his weaknesses are. And then he has to go 
and get prepared on for a full game and all the tape. And all of a sudden you're like, okay, well, maybe that was a little lightning in a bottle. Look, the Niners with Jimmy Garoppolo, I thought were a severe challenge to Philadelphia just because of the way they play. They're a little bully ball and uh, they could play keep away a little bit from that offense and their defense is good. I tell you, they're not going to catch him for the division title barring a miraculous collapse. But the Cowboys, uh, I think, are a team that, you know, they have a lot of similarities to me, to, uh, to the Eagles. Great front seven on defense, good offensive line, can pound the rock and have some playmakers out there at the wide receiver position. So um, I, I think the, the game between Dallas and Philadelphia in Dallas later on this season I think is going to be a significant one for the Cowboys. Yeah, it will be. It will be their chance to maybe catch the Eagles top of the division. We'll see about that. I mean, yeah, people are high on the Cowboys right now, and they're, and they're playing great football, and they look like the second-best team in the NFC. Trey, a big-picture question when it comes to the postseason and it comes to the format of this thing. I mean, there's a real chance the two best teams in the NFC record-wise when this season is over, Eagles-Cowboys. Do you think at some point the NFC, NFL would consider – a change to the format, you know, re, whether reseeding or, or, you know, for this scenario, right? Because we could have the Cowboys on the road the whole time. We could also have the Eagles and Cowboys playing the divisional round instead of an NFC championship game. This happens once in a while. Best two teams in the same division in a conference. W- what do you think about that? And do you think the NFL should or would consider a change to the format to avoid these teams playing earlier in the playoffs? Well, you know, we've seen it happen before. The Saints uh, were... Uh, we're playing the Seahawks when the Seahawks were seven and nine when they won the NFC West, and that was the Marshawn Lynch Beastquake game where they took them out of the postseason. You know, the Carolina Panthers won it at seven, eight, and one one year. The NFC South, the Commanders, or then the football team in 2020, won it with a losing record. I know this: the NFL is adamant about rewarding winning your division. They believe that's a big deal. So if they were going to reseed it, I think that they would reseed it with saying, "Fine." But the top, the guys that won their division are still one through four because they want to reward someone for winning a division. That has been the, that has been the stance of the NFL for a long time. Does it perchance make more sense to reseed it? Yeah, but I'm not sure the NFL is willing to go there. Trey, you know, when the Cowboys are in the conversation, now we got to talk about the Odell Beckham situation. Um, the Cowboys hosted him. It seemed like there's some cold water on that now. I'm not sure if it's a negotiating tactic or not. We know he's been, you know, connected to the Giants, the Bills here. I, and now today, Mike Florio threw out the idea of watch the Eagles here. One, what do you think of Beckham and how much he could provide? And two, uh, do you think it would make some sense for the Eagles to try to keep him from the Cowboys? Well, that's the old, you know, addition by subtraction, right, as well as addition by addition. Uh, I think anybody that is going after Odell Beckham Jr. needs to think about it for next year. If, look, whatever you get out of him, either at the end of the regular season or in the play- playoffs, is a total bonus. He ripped up that knee in February, right? It was in the Super Bowl. And Adrian Peterson ruined ACL reconstruction for everybody. He, you know, he tore it up that year on Christmas Eve and came back, started week one, and came within nine rushing yards of the single-season record that season, which was just ridiculous. But I, I think that anybody looking at Odell – and by the way, I think Jerry Jones was right to say what he said. He's like, I'm not going to sign you without working you out. I mean, you tore your ACL up in February. I need to see – I need to know what I need to know. And I think almost any team would feel that way. Um, I still think the Cowboys are in play for him. But I think anybody, anybody, Howie, anybody that's looking at Odell has to think of him as a 2023 uh, contributor. And if you get anything in 2022, it's gravy. 
Do you think what we're watching, um, you know, Odell last year certainly was a different situation when he was at Cleveland, but even with the Eagles the last couple weeks, right, it's Sue, it's Joseph, now we got the Beckham. Do you think this is going to be a, a new trend in the NFL? Players either hurt or older in their career that kind of hang around, don't go to training camp, don't sign early, and then, you know, they kind of insert themselves into a, into a race in November, December. Yeah, listen, for a, for a veteran player who's been around for a long time and has made a decent chunk of money, it's beautiful. Like, look at Deshaun Jackson, you know, <clears throat> signed off the practice squad now with the Ravens, had that big touchdown against the Jags. Um, if, you're an, if you're a veteran player who has a resume, it's actually more appealing. Like, you know, I was talking to Larry Fitzgerald last year when he never, he never officially announced his retirement, but, you know, he was waiting to see if there was a, a guy down the stretch or a team down the stretch would say, hey, you're the thing that can take us over the top, and it sort of never materialized. But for guys like Sue and Linval Joseph and a bunch of other people, I mean, we talked about it with Malcolm Jenkins, you know, even though the Saints still own his rights. Uh, I think it's a, it's a huge benefit to them because at this point, you avoid what just happened to Von Miller, right? Like Von Miller's now done for the year with that torn ACL. And I'm sure, you know, he's, I'm, he's happy he got the contract and got the money. But, I mean, you know, if you could just bring somebody in and – play five games and have an opportunity to, 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 you know, potentially play for a Super Bowl title, I'm a veteran player. I love that idea. I think it's going to be uh, the new norm here. Uh, one more, Trey, and then we'll get your thoughts on this Giants matchup over the weekend. Jonathan Gannon, Eagles defensive coordinator. Uh, it's, it's interesting here in Philadelphia, he's kind of polarizing because he plays defense different than the old school, right? He's not a Buddy Ryan blitz yeah. five guys every time. He, he plays yeah. more of the new school defense, but, but man, it's effective, Trey, and, and I think he's a good coordinator. Yeah. It, it, what, what's your perception, and, and, and do you feel like uh, he may be patrolling a sideline next year somewhere else as a head coach? Well, it's not next year soon, um, but, you know, the, the shift in the, in the NFL defensive philosophy is a real one. Uh, look, at the, at the end of the day, yards don't matter. I know that's the NFL stat. Yards don't matter. What matters is points and red zone efficiency. Like, if you, if you ask me, Okay, if you want, what would you want your defense to be? The number one total defense, which is based on yards per game, or a team that was really good in the red zone and really good on third down? I take give me really good in the red zone and really good on third down over total yards. Like, you can do whatever you want until you get to the 30-yard line. But we're going to make sure it's going to break us for you to get into the end zone. And I, and I think that's the way you have to look at defenses now. Because the way the game is played and called and officiated, you're going to get yards. So yards are not nearly as significant as they used to be. Can you stop them from getting seven and holding them to potential threes? And that's red zone efficiency and third down. To me, those are the stats that I care about most when looking at a team and how they're playing defensively. Trey, let's end here. Eagles at Giants on Sunday. And it's a big one because Eagles need to keep winning to stave off the Cowboys here atop this division. Giants have had a nice yeah. year under Dable, um, but they've kind of fallen back the last couple weeks. They tied the Commanders last week. What do you make of this matchup yeah. here, uh, Philadelphia at New York? Well, first of all, that, law, that tie was actually a loss for the Giants. And I'll explain why. Because they still don't have a division win. They're 0-2-1 in division play. And when all four teams have winning records and all four teams are in the playoff picture, you don't want to be the last one to get a winning, uh, get a win in your division. The, the, the Giants' season comes down to these next two weeks because you got to play the Eagles, and then they got to go to Washington to play the Commanders after that tie. There's a very real possibility after these two weeks they'll be looking at seven, six, and one, and they'll be in last place in the NFC East. Their their whole season rides on these two division games. They have got to get one in the win column. Uh, it's interesting though, right? Uh, the Eagles are seven point favorites. They failed uh, to cover in their last 
six road games when they were seven-point favorites. And they've been, I think, a seven-point favorite only seven times since 2010, and they haven't won any of those games. It's a very different team, a very different time, and, you know, they've lost their last two trips uh, to MetLife. But uh, if the, the Eagles can essentially, in my opinion, stomp out the uh, Giants' season because uh, I just think if the Giants lose these next two weeks, they're done. Yeah, they look like they're heading the wrong way. Trey, we appreciate hopping on. We'll catch up again next week. Thank you. You got it, Joe. Take care, buddy. Ah, oh, that's a great spot with Trey. Uh, who's always, I mean, I, I've I've been, had fun talking to Trey Wingo this year, Tucker, who's always one of our favorite guests, and always. How about that stat about the Eagles? Last seven times they have been a road favorite of seven or more. Have not covered any of them. So maybe we get a close game on Sunday. And as always, Trey Wingo is brought to us by. Bet Caesars, Caesars Sportsbook. Your first bet is on Caesars. Bet up to $1,250, and if you don't win, you'll get it back as a free bet. Terms and conditions apply. Must be 21+. plus. I like that dramatic pause there. Just make sure everyone knows where Trey is from. And, of course, Trey joins us every Wednesday night. Um, his thought on the NFC and the Cowboys, um, I mean, look, the reality is, and I know today um, – it's funny, the Jimmy Garoppolo report, and the reporting on Jimmy Garoppolo's broken foot has been so all over the place over the last three days. First it was, uh-oh, he's gone for the season. He needs surgery. Then yesterday it was like, well, maybe not. He could come back. How about Kyle Shanahan today? It was like, yeah, it's a long shot. I mean, let's be real. He broke his foot on December 4th, and the playoffs start on January 15th. He's not going to be back and ready to go as soon as the playoffs start. And I'm I'm just kind of putting it to the side. Now, if Jimmy Garoppolo magically gets ready for the playoffs, are the Niners dangerous? Yeah, but right now they have a third-string quarterback. So I, I look at the NFC right now, and I say it's the Eagles and it's the Cowboys. That's the NFC. 215-592-9490 for a hop aboard here. Um, talks to Modell Beckham. I want no part of him. I, once in a while, I, I was, I'm able to see a comment someone says during the show, and we can address it. I had a, a, someone send a message here saying um, – that I'm wrong on the Odell Beckham thing because Odell Beckham Jr. is going to the Hall of Fame. Unless Odell Beckham Jr. is Which buy- Hall of Fame? Yeah, buying a ticket to the Hall of Fame, he's not going to any Hall of Fame. Hall of Fame? That guy's been irrelevant for three years. And I know he played well in the playoffs last year. But his last three regular seasons, the guy's been a ghost. Hall of Fame? Think about how many great receivers are running around the NFL. We're going to let everybody in that had a moment? No way. You know his number one comparison on uh, Pro Football References? I don't. It's Percy Harvin. Is Percy Harvin in the Hall of Fame? No. Will he ever be? No. no. Brandon Cooks is on there. Tyler Lockett. Yeah, nice. There's a dozen of those guys. There's a dozen in the league at once. He he was a tremendous player. I mean, there's no doubting that. At one point, you're like, oh my goodness, this guy's unreal. Those days are gone. I mean, the guy averaged 38, yard, 38 yards a game last year. Get out of here with Hall of Fame. 215-592-9494. Bob is in Bluebell talking Trey Turner. What's up, Bob? Yeah, I just want to talk about Trey Turner. Um, they get, they, Ron called earlier, and it just seems to me that the guy who called about a half hour ago and was talking about everybody being negative and, and the fact that we, they just, we can't handle that, I took completely agree with them. Um, the guys on MLB Network yesterday did a, had done a study of the decrease in war as you, as you age out. And evidently, the hi- history is you peak out at age 30, 
and then your average decrease in war is about a half of a game, a half of a win per year. So that means that, let's say, the 10th or the 11th year, he's a replacement player. Quite frankly, if that's the case, I can easily live with that. The other thing they mentioned, and I'll, I'll let you talk too, the other thing they mentioned is because of his body type, they, they believe that that kind of a body type probably decreases more by about 0.4 per year, which means he's still a, a one-win above-replacement player in the 11th year. Uh, he, he could. I mean, obviously those are... Um... You know, those are studies and those are, you know, big picture, long term, you know, kind of throwing everyone in the pot and, and, and stirring yeah. it up. So yeah. maybe he does. And, and and obviously he's a he's not an average player. Right. So I always think that the best players, they have a better chance of staying relevant for longer because that they're they're different. Right. They're, they're better players. Bob, I don't think it's a, a lock that he's done and he can't play anymore in seven years. I mean, I, I, the, one of the comparisons I have for him, he reminds me a little bit of Paul Molitor, and Paul Molitor hit I agree. Um, I until agree he was completely. 40. But the only difference is, Bob, Paul Molitor was a half a DH by by age 34. Like, he's a shortstop. So will he hit for a long time? I think he will. I'm just not sure how he ages his body when he loses speed. Where does he go when he does a play? You know, usually shortstops don't last at that position beyond – 36, maybe 37 at the most. You know, J. Roll, Barry Larkin, those kind of guys. Absolutely. Um, and there was one other point that I just can't remember uh, about about this. Oh, I know what it was. They're not going to go over the second luxury tax. They're just not going to do that. And that, I believe, is $250 million. Mm-hmm. And, and the penalty goes from 20% to 32%. So I know uh, the one guy doesn't like uh, Strom, but you're, by stretching that out to 11 years, you're basically looking at Strom and Turner instead of Strom and a rookie. Yeah, you know what? It's it's almost like the the Phillies, Bob, and and I appreciate your call, and obviously you know your stuff. Um, the Phillies almost treat the the luxury tax, and I guess we're now at the, at the second one, not the first one because they went over that, as the salary cap. These are accounting moves teams in salary cap leagues do, the NBA or the NFL. I mean, Howie Roseman's been amazing at this for a long time, maneuvering the money to make it work, and that's fine. In, in the NFL, because when the player is no longer worth the money or the player is no longer relevant or you just don't want them on the roster, you just cut them. You can't do that in baseball. So that my my thing with this is the Phillies didn't have to do it the way they did it. The the, the whole thing is, do I, am I happy that that right uh, Trey Turner's here? I'm, I'm ecstatic. He's a great player. I can't wait to watch Trey Turner in the Phillies uniform. He he will be a tremendous Philly for a long time. I would be happier if it was for seven years. They could pay him whatever they want to pay him. Whatever, the, if he wants three hundred million dollars to sign here, give it to them. It's their choice that they don't want to go over the second tax. Like that's that. I mean, that doesn't affect us. What affects us is down the line. Like, and it that this day will come. Like, he will be a player that obviously it'd be better if he's not around at some point. Hopefully, that day, you know, it takes a while to get there. I mean, maybe he hits till he's 38, 39, and it's only one or two or three years at the end. Here's the thing in the last 60 years. Do you know how many players have posted an average, league average OPS at age 38 or older in the middle infield? 
Or Can I guess? So it's all right, so let me clarify again. Last 60 years, a middle infield or center field, right? So the middle of the diamond. Last 60 years, above average or average OPS. How many? I'll say two. Two's a really good guess because it's the answer. Can I guess who the players are? Well, this is bonus points. If you can guess the players. Uh, yeah, go ahead. I mean, Derek Jeter kept hitting until he was like 39. Can I guess Derek Jeter? Derek Jeter was it, yes. And I assume because he threw in the center field qualifier, it would be a center fielder. Mm-hmm. Give me a, a guy who probably wasn't built on speed, who, who probably could play because he, he was built a little bit more solidly. Something like Jim Edmonds, maybe? You just pulled Jim Edmonds right out of your hat. Just right out of my hat. The, probably one of the most forgotten stars of the last 20 years. He, well, that's true. I, I thought Jim Edmonds was, was one notch below Hall of Fame. But now let's see how if Tucker gets triple extra points, he tells me the years those two did it. Because obviously we saw the same stat, and he's remembering it all. You fans. texted me this stat yesterday. Oh, well, that's why you saw it. Jeter, 2013? 12. And Edmonds, like, 06? 8. Close. So I texted this stat? I forgot. You sent it to me yesterday morning. Yeah, I forgot about it. I doing that. That's why you knew it. 215-592-9494. Also, do you feel like most people are complaining? I mean... I I brought this up the last two nights because I think it's I think it's relevant to the discussion. They've got an eleven year deal, but other than Ron, I really haven't seen most people complain. I feel like most people are mad that we're bringing it up. I, I feel like most people are mad that that we're raining on their parade. I just I get it. Like I am excited that we get to watch Trey Turner, but at the same point, we know what Dave Dombrowski has done. We know what his reputation is. He wins and he wins in bunches, but he often leaves the the, the team in a complete wreckage after he's done. And that's something that we discussed when the Phillies hired him, right? Like, that's why we didn't want Dave Dombrowski here. We knew he could do this. We knew he was capable of it. But I also look ahead to, you know, 2030 and 2031 when your son is graduating high school. It's probably not going to be want to be able to go to Phillies games because they're going to be like 65 and 92 that year. Yeah, you know what they got to hope? Uh, first of all, they have to hope they win within the next five years, which they, they absolutely can. I mean, the Phillies can win a World Series here in the next handful of years. The other thing they need to hope is Trey Turner needs to hit a lot in the first five years, so the pursuit of 3,000 hits is on the table. I wonder how many hits he has. Maybe 1,100? I feel like I looked it up the other day. Is that like 1,150? 1,150, 11 years left. What do we t- what do we think he averages per year hits? Can, can Trey Turner average? Is that 1,050? I take that back. 1,050. Could Trey Turner average 190 hits a year for the next 11 that gets him in the mix, doesn't it? Uh, for since his first full season, he's averaged 200 hits per 162 games. So I'm I'm accounting for a little bit of a decline. Yeah, I mean, if you add in the pandemic season where he only got uh 78 hits, which led all of baseball, he averages 160 hits per year. So, so, so um, he's at what 1050? 1033. It's the exact 1033. Number. If you do 190 times 11, it's 2,090 more. He would he would be in the 3,000 hit club in his final year. 190 is a lot. Uh, I know. Well, well it, but I think he. But could... you look at since 2018, he's had 180, 155, 78, which was the pandemic season, 195, and then 194 last year. Who had more hits than him last year? Freeman, maybe. Maybe just Freeman. Maybe. Um, well, that your your point is taken. 190 is a lot. I I. He, if he 
he has to sprinkle in a few 200 hit seasons to start off his Phillies run. Like the next three years, it's got to be 210, 215, 220, which maybe with the shift rules happens. 215, 592, 94, 94. Do you want Odell Beckham Jr. on the Eagles? I want no part of it. And we get back. Latest odds on the Phillies for the World Series. Where, where are What's the movement now? What are their odds to win the World Series after getting Taiwan Walker, Tucker's new guy, Matt Strom, and the star that is Trey Turner? That's next, and your phone calls on Sports Radio 94 WIP.